What is up, everyone? How are we doing today? Thank you for tuning in, as always, to the Max Schmarzo podcast. I appreciate you all being on. As always, let me give you my quick sales pitch. We have a seven-day free trial to the Always an Athlete team. If you are interested in joining a training team where we have ongoing programming, train six days a week, we train the arms, we train the chest, the back, the shoulders, a little bit more like a bodybuilder. And we also train our legs to be explosive, fast, powerful, and strong. Right now, we're just finishing up a heavy bilateral uh, power cycle, actually more like a strength cycle. And then we're moving into a more unilateral power cycle. We're going to work on some bounds, some skips, working some plyometrics as well. Also, on top of that, during the upper body phase, we'll be doing a little bit more volume, an opportunity to build some mass, get a little more jacked. If that's your cup of tea, check out the seven-day free trial to the Always an Athlete team. You can find that on the Train Heroic app. Give it a go. Thanks for checking it out. If you don't want to you know, stay after the free trial, that's okay. But it's a free trial. Might as well give it a go. So, you know, might be for you. If it is for you, stick around. All right, cool. My uh, <laughs> thrilling sales pitch is over. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit. Actually, I have a couple of topics. Uh, and we're just going to roll through them here. I have a listed out group of them, but I'm not going to tell you them. You'll see them. By the time I post this, I'll know what topics I covered in the title of this podcast. I'll tell you what topics I covered. Whatever. You'll deal with it. I just ordered the other day, by the way, a pair of PF flyers. Guaranteed to make you run faster and jump higher. PF flyers. I actually have a white pair, the Bob Cousy editions, that my lovely wife bought for me. And the issue with a white pair of shoes is that you know you're going to get them dirty and you're going to try as hard to not make them dirty. But the minute they get dirty, you actually start to wear them more. Like the utility of a white pair of shoes becomes much higher once they're dirty. You go through a cycle, you get a pair of shoes, and you're like, man, I'm going to keep these clean. I'm going to do my best I can to not dirty these shoes up. And the minute you dirty them up, you're almost like, oh, thank goodness. Finally, you got these things dirty. Now I can wear them. So I have a pair of white ones, but I got a pair of black PF flyers too coming in the mail. And I'm pretty excited about those, like the ones from the Sandlot. And I think they're actually the exact same kind from the Sandlot. The white ones, well, you didn't, didn't Benny the Jet did not wear white PF flyers, but the Sandlot, uh, he wore the black ones. And arguably, arguably the greatest product placement of all time. I cannot name another movie. There might be actually a couple out there. I'll think about it. That have better product. No, I don't think anyone has better product placement, but good product placement. Then, I mean, there's one that kind of, I think Coca-Cola had one. I'm not sure why it's bothering me. I'm trying to think of it in my head, but I don't think there's a better one than the PF flyers. That product placement in Sandlot is absolutely legendary because the line itself is so cool, right? When Benny the Jets getting ready, to go take on the beast, go retrieve the baseball. Signed by some lady named Babe, Baby Ruth. He grabs these PF flyers fresh from the store while he's wearing the same ones, by the way. He takes off black PF flyers, put on a new pair of black PF flyers, guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. And that stuck with me. Who doesn't? I wonder how much business can be attributed to that single line 
for PF Flyers. Because I only still remember them and they hold a unique place in my heart because of that scene. And it's just a great example how a single delivery of a message in a well-timed situation can have such an impact across generations at this point. I mean, my goodness. I don't think I will not. I mean, I will show my kids that movie. They will enjoy it. My dad knows that line. So I think we're at generations at this point. I was going to say decades, but we're at generations almost. Unbelievable. And I think about that sometimes, like with social media and stuff like that. Like when I first got on social media, I was Iowa State, first or second year there in grad school. And I started to gain some popularity. And in that, I wish I had capitalized on that wave of momentum to expand my presence in social media, whether that's the right word to use or not. Expand my, expand my platforms horizontally, like in YouTube or podcasting, like I'm doing now, seven years later. Um, Twitter. And rode that wave because I think in a moment in time, you don't realize not necessarily the opportunity, but the significance or impact of the opportunity, like an impact crater, like a meteorite that hits something, your own wake, your own gravity to build uh, some brand or some aspect of that. And so that's something I do regret. And for anyone listening out there, I always recommend you just got to keep chugging away. You keep trying because at certain times you might catch the wave. Social media tends to be cyclic in nature. The things you talk about and post about might not be of interest this month, this year, but next year they're a huge deal and you have this huge library of interest there and you capture that wave. Because remember, there's always a generation, a group of kids coming up. There's always a next group of people interested. There's always a group of people just learning about a topic. And when... You have a group of people who are just beginning to learn about a topic. If you forever provide entry-level information, you're forever going to be providing information to a new cohort of individuals, new group. And so you never know when your wave is going to be. You might have more than one wave. You might not ever have a wave, but at least if you're ready to ride the wave, full pun intended, you'll be able to capitalize on that situation. And so I think about the PF Flyers thing and, how somehow they had done something that is so impactful based on one situation. The the Sandlot movie, and I kind of was thinking about, man, like I wonder, I don't, I mean, that's the single greatest product placement in movie history. So there's never going to be anything better than that. And it's an extreme, extreme outlier. But maybe there's situations you yourself are in your PF flyer situation. You are not even aware of it at the time. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to wait for the moment and then I'm going to expand. You have to be prepared to expand by being prepared to not be prepared, if that makes sense. You're not like, now I'm going to become what people are interested in. That's not really the case, at least from my own experience. And maybe if you are wittier than I am and you're more attuned and quicker on your feet, you can capitalize on something like that. But it seems like at that time, you'll have to make a lot of assumptions. Like you're going to be putting 
right? If you want to expedite the situation, let's say you're on social media and you make a social media post, or you have a book or whatever, you have momentum. To sustain that momentum and gather, catch that momentum like a net, you need to catch people who are interested in listening to you. You need to have places they can go find you. You cannot have a single source. That's what I'm learning. I'm trying harder on TikTok. We've been growing, by the way. TikTok has been growing. I've been working hard there, man. It's not easy to understand what the dances are. I'm kidding. I'm not doing dances. But it's not like it's it's kind of demoralizing to have 200,000 followers on one page. And like on TikTok, I'm struggling to, you know, get to 10,000. But hey, it's a challenge and it's fun. The podcast is a challenge and a fun so you can look at a situation and you can look at a situation and make it a distressor or a eustressor. And so when you're in a situation, you can have the opportunity based on your mindset and your perception. This is a really cool endocrinology thing. Based on your perception and your mindset, you can change how your body's physiology responds to a situation. So if I were to go post on TikTok and I'm never getting the same number of views that I get on Instagram or followers, I could treat that as a distressor, a negative feedback. And in turn, I could become discouraged. I basically condition myself to be self-limiting, essentially. Like, oh, I'm beaten down. I'm frustrated. That's how Instagram is at times too, man. You make a post like, man, I used to get a lot more views on this stuff. You get beaten down, you get frustrated. Versus a you stressor, which is a positive stressor, you make it a challenge. The mindset changes quite a bit. You are now competing in a way. You know you're not as good as it once was. It's not as, you know, successful, for lack of better words, as it once was. But you have an opportunity to challenge yourself by getting better. So the use dresser, distressor phenomena, I think is highly or is closely related to what's called flow state. And I'm sure some of you might have heard the term flow state, and I cannot pronounce for the life of me the individual who initially studied the flow state and wrote a bunch of papers on it. Go ahead and check it out. You know, the Wikipedia page for flow state is pretty cool. But it's basically this idea that when there's a per perfect level of competition and competency, you enter a state which is the flow state. It's where something isn't too hard, it's not too easy, it has some reward, but not too much reward. There's certain factors and there's like almost like a formula people discuss about it. I'll actually pull it up on my phone here as I'm talking about it so I can actually give you guys the exact definition of it. But that flow state kind of, I think, connects nicely with a stressor, in the sense that I am looking at the situation as a challenge in a competitive aspect. So it's like your skill level relative to the challenge. So there's like low, medium and high challenge. There's low, medium, and high skill level to X, Y coordinate access. Access. You can look it up. Talks about apathy, boredom, relaxation, control, arousal, flow state, so on and so forth. But the idea is like in this flow state, you have some level of high skill and a high challenge. But it's not just the high skill, high challenge. You can be like medium skill and medium challenge. The point of it is the challenge relative to your skill. And when you perceive your skill to be a certain way where you're like, I should be really good. I should have tons of success on social media and or whatever, writing a book or your life, whatever it might be. If you are constantly thinking, oh, I, I have extreme skill. 
or you other way around actually might be a better example. I have extreme low skill. This is very challenging. I'm not as successful as I used to be. You get discouraged. You're not in that flow state. And I think that the ability to change your mindset and look at something and be like, oh, this is a challenge. I'm going to develop my skills. I know the intrinsic reward is going to be me to get better. If I keep fighting away, I'm going to see this as a problem, as a puzzle I'm going to solve. I think a lot of times people see the problem as just the problem itself and not about bettering yourself. Now, I don't mean that that corny way of like, oh, I'm going to better myself because I'm making some Instagram posts. No, it's obviously kind of silly. But you're going to get better at understanding things, better at problem solving. You're acquiring a skill. You're challenging yourself. You might make new videos. Like one of the things is when I started TikTok, um, I didn't wasn't very good at editing some videos. And I got a nice editing app called CapCut. It's free on your phone. Sure, it scrapes your phone for every bit of information like every other app in this day and age now, it seems like. But whatever. Um, I, I can use it to make videos, transitions with fonts and different captions. And I'm getting better at this skill of editing. Now, at the end of the day, it might be like, look, it might not help me a ton. It could help me a lot. But I have acquired a new skill, a new skill that's a lateral skill to my own profession. If I am in sports science or strength conditioning, I'm in the private sector, there is utility in someone who can operate in the social media realm because social social media is of such significance now and day. So now I look at the situation not just as this isolated challenge to overcome social media or TikTok or Instagram and make something that's super engaging, but also the challenge to learn a new skill. So I'm now trying to extract, and this is so, maybe it's corny, you guys think I'm nuts for doing this, but I think in my head, honestly, I really do think that when I go and edit a video, I'm not worried about if it's going to get a million views or 10 views or whatever. I'm thinking in my head, this is an opportunity to do something I have not done, to get better at something like editing a video that I've never done before. And maybe somewhere that becomes valuable because I keep adding up these little skill sets. I watch YouTube videos on it. I practice it. I get better at talking in front of a camera, controlling my voice, controlling my pace, my tempo on a podcast. Even if it's not successful objectively, numerically, like, oh, I have X number of engagement. It is helping me and myself conquer things and get better at things I otherwise was not as good at. And I'm pretty sure being able to talk to people at a comfortable pace is a very much a universal skill. Understanding some aesthetics and marketing and ability to make an engaging post seems to be nowadays a very universal skill. And so maybe, just maybe, challenging yourself to engage in social media or whatever the heck it might be you might want to think about the eustressor distressor phenomena and instead of getting discouraged and being like, man, this thing stinks, it's distressing, right? The neuroendocrinology of it, it's like maybe it releases, there are a whole slew, but you could say it releases more cortisol. There's research on this, by the way. I think Duncan French did some of the research um, talking about paratroopers and how the first time a paratrooper went to jump, they had a cortisol response that was negative, but they get better at it. They see it as a challenge. They have a higher testosterone release, things like that. There's actually a lot of studies on this too, right? You go to public speaking, someone goes in public speaks who's not confident in themselves and they see it as a distress or as an opportunity to maybe fail and they go out there and they're nervous, they're anxious. 
versus someone who goes out there with an opportunity to succeed. They're excited to learn better themselves. They're confident and they have a better appraisal of the situation. In turn, they make it an opportunity to, uh, they make it, they do literally extract more out of it. In the same way in social media, you're extracting bits out of this. You're trying. I've learned how to set up a podcast and get my podcast on Apple iTunes and Spotify. That's cool. That's a cool thing. I don't know why I think it's cool, but it's cool to have your stuff on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Not everyone you speak to, you might see 10,000 podcasts out there. There's more than 10,000 people in the world. You have a chance to make a podcast. Very cheap. What a cool world we're in. An opportunity to reach 50 people, 100 people, 1,000 people on social media. Again, it's not all about social media. I'm just referring back to it because my current state of mind is kind of stuck on this TikTok conundrum. I'm trying to engage some followers there and I'm practicing editing different things and doing different green screens of stuff. And I think in my head, oh, this is a fun challenge. How can I help myself and maybe even share some information with you all here? Now I'm using it. That bit of information laterally, I'm talking about the, the apps I like, like the CapCut app or using the green screen effect on Instagram, whatever it might be. All because I ordered some stinking PF flyers, we had this conversation. The box of Bob Cousy ones is sitting right here. But it makes me think like, look, if I had my wave, my momentum, and I didn't have the skill set, I'd have to learn that skill set to capitalize on. But maybe you're posting and doing all this stuff and you catch the momentum for whatever reason it might be. In life, you get a client that's promoting you or you get, I don't know, a speaking engagement, whatever opportunity. I cannot predict the opportunities. I'm not a fortune teller. But you have an opportunity. You have a skill set to capitalize on opportunity. Because nowadays it seems like social media has become such an entity of it's such a, an economy in of itself. And it's an interesting one because the ability to have a following and people connect with you and engage with you and you're, you're not forcing people to engage with you, which is the interesting thing. You're simply putting out a message that they want to engage with because we as humans like to engage. We like to hear things. We like to understand what different people are doing and learn from them. That just seems to be natural. And that's what we kind of do. And so... That's my thought for that, you know, all because I ordered some PF flyers and, you know, we, the greatest plot product placement in the world, I, I kind of got to thinking about, man, maybe nowadays if the same event happened, PF flyers could have capitalized on it even more. I don't mean capital. People hear the word capitalize. Like, oh, you're just trying to make money. No, I want to follow PF flyers. I'm a fan of PF flyers. I want to stay engaged with them and see what they're doing when they're releasing new shoes, the product designs. I want to support that company. Or maybe you have another company of similar ilk that you have interest in and you want to support them. You're not forcing support. You're just allowing people to engage with you at different levels. So something to think about. I'm going to ponder as I share my thoughts with you all here today. I just want to wrap it up there. Again, as always, I try and give a little summary at the end of our thoughts. Basically, look, be prepared to not be prepared. So prepare yourself. <laughs> Keep chugging away. Like some of the stuff with the social media things and the TikTok or Twitter, where the heck medium you're in. 
you never know if you're going to be someone that someone wants to engage with and provide value with until you try. And even along the way, if you don't succeed numerically, you succeed in the sense that you might have a mindset like, look, it's a challenge, an opportunity to climb some sort of a hill. That's a cool opportunity. It's a free one on social media or maybe your podcast costs 12 bucks to host or whatever. But you get the idea. So I'll leave it for there for today. And I'm reading my time. I appreciate y'all listening. I hope you enjoy. Take care as always. Thanks.